Dog Nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. Left side, it's a three. In and out, rebound, out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the break. Here's Kevin Dana. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean with you, reminding you that the Warriors 2022-23 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. A quick shout-out to Dan Dibley for hitting on his Texas A&M Corpus Christi minus three-and-a-half bet that he placed. They win by four with a free throw with a second to go. So big shouts-out to Dan Dibley and his Ken Palm system, which we will hear more of tomorrow on Willard and Dibs from 2 to 6 p.m. here on 95.7 The Game. We're taking your calls all hour long. This is not Texas A&M Corpus Christi Roundtable. It is Warriors Roundtable. We are talking Golden State Shooty Hoop from now till 6. 7 p.m. You want to hit us up 888-957-9570. Again, that number 888-957-9570. Gary, let's get right into it. Last night, a big win for Golden State, completing the mini two-game homestand 2-0 with that 123-112 win over the Phoenix Suns. So the Warriors back in the five seed, back three games above 500 at 36 and 33. And we got to start with Clay Thompson and that scorching first half he had against the Phoenix Suns. Well, I'm going to paraphrase a song, Kev. What a difference a week makes. And uh, the old song is what a difference a day makes. And I got to share with you, last week, you and I doing this, you you could feel the Warrior fans were depressed after the three losses in a row. And you're saying, oh, brother, what's going on? You come back and you play two of the best teams in in the league, obviously short uh, out of Compo and Durant, but Wiggins didn't play. And you bring out uh, my man, Clay Thompson. I, we've got so many great memories about him and, and, you know, all these Hall of Fame guys. And last night was just, it was electric. I mean, we've watched him go crazy in some games. But last night, it was like the, Kev, help me here. Remember the time he, he used 11 dribbles and he scored? 60 points. Many, yeah. And I, I watched him last night. He was in that groove. And he put the frosting on the cake uh, on the one on the right side uh, with Booker guarding him, and he was just about to get it off uh, uh, off balance, and then he gets up on one foot and dances a little bit. and it's Just a phenomenal performance and a, just a great, great win by the team. You mentioned that last three to end the first half to make it 75 to 58. And there was so much that was made of Clay's shot selection early in the season where it looked like yeah. he was really forcing it, putting up tough shots. Well, when he gets in a groove like that, Anthony Slater mentioned it in his post game article the Warriors don't care how bad the shot might appear. It's got a chance to go in when he's shooting like that. And, man, that first half, 12 of 18 from the field and 8 of 12 from beyond the arc, whoo. Well, Kev, you know, as a coach, there's timeouts and you're sitting there and they say, hey, now look, we got Kevin in the groove. Or we've got Clay, he's rolling. Okay, now let's find him. And in the old days, you'd have a lot of play calls for each guy. Well, in today's game, it's a lot of, read and react kind of situations 
And the Warriors play a unique, unique style to anybody else in the league. And it takes everybody locked in on the concepts of what they're looking for. For example, if we're running point forward and Draymond's got the ball up top, well then, if they don't pressure him, they, he's got great vision to see the floor. And then you've got Looney setting screens. And even Steph picked up his fourth foul when they were running a staggered double for Clay on the baseline. I don't think there's many guys, Kevin, the NBA today, and obviously Clay's a seasoned veteran, that utilize screens better than him. Yeah. And he he's just remarkable. And then when he catches it, you know, I was listening to, to Reddick and uh, Jefferson doing the game, and they did an outstanding job. And they talked about when you shoot around, you know, you're shooting and you're making shots. But then you're working on quick release in the offseason. Well, everybody that's a quick release guy is trying to emulate one guy, and that's Clay Thompson. Yeah, 100%. He is the king of quick releases. And how about this, Gary, for the slow start that he had when he couldn't make a lot of shots, his percentages were down, his career-high scoring average for a season, if you go out two decimal points, is 22.33 points per game in the 2016-17 season, their second championship year, first with Kevin Durant. This year, 22.26 points per game. So he is .07 points per game off his career-best scoring mark. And to think we'd be saying that after the October, November, December that he had, it just really shows you what kind of corner he's turned and a testament to the work that he's put in as the season has gone on. All the praise goes to him, uh, in a nutshell. He's had wonderful people uh, help him along the way, but uh, he had to put the work in, and both mentally and physically, because, you know, as you noted, people in the beginning of the year were saying, you know, geez, you know, Clay doesn't look too good, or he's not, he's not, you know, making many shots, or he can't move defensively. And, um, you know, sometimes you read that kind of stuff, and it gets under your skin. And I think Steve and him had a talk and just just told him, hey, relax and just be Clay Thompson. We all love you. We all believe in you. And uh, it, it was it was advice from people like Steve. And I think Draymond had a talk with him, too. And uh, when it's all said and done, uh, it's just a remarkable performance. And it's one of the key reasons why you really believe in about, what, three weeks, four weeks? that. Yep. There's a reason to get excited about the playoffs because you didn't know if you were going to have Clay Thompson back to this level. And he's playing beautiful basketball. And and with that said, you and I keep saying this, I would not want to play the Warriors in the first round. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, just if they got everyone back, if they get – We'll get into Jordan Poole's game last night, but if they got the yeah. Jordan Poole that they got last night as your sixth yeah. man, you get a 100% Andrew Wiggins and a 100% Gary Payton the second. They can absolutely win their fifth ring in nine years. Well, a few weeks ago, we chatted about, well, who is the bench? And I, I think uh, at that point, uh, Poole was starting. So the only guy you really felt like, geez, you know, DiVincenzo's the, the guy. Well, all of a sudden, Green's coming along. And before uh, Kaminga had an ankle problem, he was making progress. 
And, uh, of course, you got your G League guys who've done an outstanding job. And, you know, you might get Peyton back, and you are hopefully going to get Wiggins back. So all of a sudden, you're a much deeper team, and you got a lot of players that uh, can play within the system and flourish. One thing that we know about Warriors fans, Gary, is that they're pretty knowledgeable about the game, very knowledgeable about the game. And, and with respect to Clay's game last night, he hit that first three, make it 3 nothing, And from there, you could just kind of feel a buzz about the building. And I wasn't at Chase Center last night, but I could feel it just coming through the TV. The, the crowd was amped up. They knew something special was going to happen. And for especially for a Monday night game, I, I, I thought the crowd was fantastic last night. Oh, I, I agree with you. And it, and it was uh, those two games. I mean, if you if you go to the games, you had to circle those two games because you're saying to yourself, holy moly, this is two of the top five teams in the entire league. And to get off to that start, holy cow. I mean, you're just, you're making sweet music. You're up 40, 43-21 after one, and uh, you're rolling. You're up 25 in the first half. Well, we've had some rough starts lately. So that got you fired up in itself, and then Clay's getting going, and you're saying, "Oh boy, we got one of these nights." And, and yeah, the the big start was huge for this team because I, I believe it was Dalton Johnson's article on NBC Sports Bay Area pointed this out that the last time the Warriors had the lead after the f- first quarter in two straight games was February 4th. So it had been more than a month since they had led it after 12 minutes in two straight games. And they led Milwaukee by two after one quarter on Saturday. They blasted the Suns out of the water. 43-21 after one quarter. They built two 25-point leads in the first half. And it was such a refreshing change of events after having trailed at the end of the first quarter for 11 straight games before this two-game homestand. Yeah, you know, as coaches, you're talking to your guys, and let's get off to a good start. Let's let's start with our defense. Let's be consistent there. Let's communicate. Let's get out in the open floor and play warrior basketball. And you know, then you got Clay on fire on transition. I mean, he's he's pulling up, you know, 25 feet, bada bing, you know. And you're looking, and Steph's out there, and you just felt like, wow, this is just a special, special night. But you're playing against a quality team, and uh, you know you you hadn't had great success with them, and now all of a sudden, you're saying to yourself, "Wow, we got great control of this thing." But like today's NBA game, they made a great comeback and, and made a game of it. But uh, I just the, the beginning of the game just just had a it felt like the old days is the best way I can say it. Superstar artist and composer Ricardo Arjona is coming to Chase Center on May 5th. This will be the first time his tour is in San Francisco. Don't miss out. Get your tickets now at ChaseCenter.com. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about Jordan Poole's game last night, Steph turning 35, his magic against Milwaukee, and much more right here on 95.7 The Game. If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wade stops it. Pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. 
Come to Warriors Ground during Women's Empowerment Month. Join us at Chase Center on Friday, March 24th, as the Dubs host the Philadelphia 76ers, presented by NBC Sports. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-JSW-HOOP. Representatives standing by. Speaking of Women's Empowerment Month and the Philadelphia 76ers, shout-out Kate Scott. Great TV play-by-play broadcaster, former uh, morning roaster on 95.7 The Game as well. She has done a great job all year with the Sixers. Fantastic broadcast. Broadcaster, but let's uh, bring you back to last night's win over the Phoenix Suns. Kevin and Gary St. Jean with you here on Warriors Roundtable. If you want to talk about the win last night, hit us up 888-957-9570 or any other Warriors questions or concerns you may have. And one key factor was Jordan Poole. He hasn't had his best stretch of basketball as of late, but last night, Yes, he had a couple of bad turnovers. Uh, one drive into the paint in particular that got nowhere, got his shot blocked or turned it over. It was kind of frustrating for sure, but he was efficient. 8 of 16 from the field, 4 of 8 from downtown, 20 points and 6 assists. And Gary, we're going to hear from Steve Kerr right now, and then I want to get your thoughts on what Steve had to say and on Jordan Poole in particular as well. But this is what Steve had to say after the game about Jordan Poole's performance and what made him successful. Successful last night. Well, I think one of the key stretches in the game was, you know, kind of mid-fourth when they made a push. They had cut it to maybe seven or eight points. And I think Jordan made a three. He made, you know, a couple of great drives to the hole. He's so fast getting to the rim. And he gives us that dynamic that really adds a dimension to our offense. So he just stayed with it. It was, in some ways, it was a frustrating game for him. He had some turnovers and some defensive errors, but he stayed with it. At the end of the game, he's a plus 12. And like I said, I thought that was one of the key stretches it was mid-fourth when he kind of went on that little run. Yeah, that's that's the voice of uh, one of the best coaches we have in the NBA because there are times when a player will take an ill-advised, long first-side jump shot. There are times when guys will take it to the rack one against four. There are times when you, you're looking at this guy defensively and you've got a game plan how you're playing this particular guy, and the guy's playing him entirely different. And there are times it's best to just look the other way. And I think that's one of Steve's best qualities. Uh, he, he can jump them in, in the timeouts or whenever. Uh, and he gets it, it, he picks his times to get his points across. But I think he's he's really cultivating this young guy, trying to help him get consistent. And uh, as you said, if he could start to play like this coming off the bench, boy, I'll tell you what, it would be terrific for the for the Warriors as they get down here in the last month. Because, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm sitting there on the other bench and I'm saying to myself, oh boy, if Poole's playing well, and now you got Clay and Steph, Steph playing like this, that's a unique threesome in our league. Uh, three guards that can just loaded up and what that does is it puts you know clay over there at the three or the four and uh, that's that's unique in itself uh those guys wing guys having to guard him like that so let's hope that uh, the bell's ringing and uh pool can keep up this uh, quality play yeah those three are combining for more than 70 points per game it's like 50 i'm doing the math with the decimals 
it's like 72.1, but 72.5 points per game or something like that from Steph, Clay, and Jordan this year. Uh, just, just great stuff, obviously, from uh, the scoring department. And, and speaking of Stephen Curry, happy 35th birthday, by the way. His last game as a 34-year-old was a very efficient one, 23 points on 7 of 13 from the field, 4 of 6 from downtown. And I was on Twitter, uh, as I like to be, uh, all the time, but especially after Warriors games, and it's more fun to read after Warriors wins, I might add. But Samus Fondiari, who uh, hosts the Light Years pod, one, one of the great podcasts out there covering the, the Golden State Warriors, as Fondiari's a very knowledgeable uh, podcaster and uh, presence on Twitter. He said, and I agree with him, Steph Curry's more athletic at 34 than he was at 24, and now he's 35. A- and that just really makes you think that the end is nowhere in sight for Steph. What a compliment. Uh, and look at his body uh, from when he came in to where he is now. He's done a tremendous amount of work, and uh, it's it pays off. Uh because he can do things that uh, you you look at him and you say, he couldn't do that in the past. I'll give you a classic example is in that Milwaukee game. When he goes vertical, rotating, at, you don't see this with guards, rotating from weak side low, and here comes Holiday, and he goes up and blocks his shot. I looked at that and I said, are you kidding me? You know, that, that's Steph Curry doing that. And in the meantime, he... You know, Hardaway's one of the best defenders we have in the entire league, and he's one of the strongest guards in the entire league. And he's putting on a show. I mean, he was he was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, just happy for him that he's, he's playing at such a terrific level. And, yeah, that was a stick-out game against Milwaukee. But the Phoenix game, I thought early he was deferring to Clay, And this is what they know. That when one guy's hot and they can get him really roasting hot, they're not going to take uh, hard contested shots when they can create a better shot for Clay Thompson. So uh, uh, just a, a heck of a couple of games for Steph. And um, he he's he's the talk of the league. I mean, there's there's nobody like Steph Curry. There really isn't, and I wanted to get into that Milwaukee game a little bit more. I mean, the 20 points in the final seven minutes of regulation overtime. I I watched this game on DVR because I had a Santa Cruz Warriors game, uh, the Warriors defeating the Westchester Knicks last Saturday night, uh, getting it done to get back to 500. Come check the C-dubs out tomorrow in Salt Lake, uh, against the Salt Lake City Stars at Kaiser Permanente Arena. Quick plug there, but... You know, I, I got back home. I didn't know what had happened. I'm I'm pretty good at making sure I don't know what happens in a Warriors game when when I got a Santa Cruz broadcast. But you know, I I was cursing to myself about how the Warriors just completely gave up being four games above 500 by looking like they were on their way to their fourth straight loss and getting right back to 500 as soon as they got above 500, and then that last two minutes of regulation, and then the five minutes of overtime happened. And I want to read you this quote from a Marcus Thompson article after that game and and get your response to it because I I think this kind of puts it perfectly. Golden State has a puncher's chance to repeat as champions. This is from Marcus Thompson of The Athletic. It rests on them finding their quality in the nick of time. It might even be a delusion at this point. 
But he, meaning Steph, is that delusion. He is the reason what feels so impossible with this team still might be. Way to go, Marcus. <laughs> You're right, because whenever he steps on the floor, you, you think you got a heck of a chance. And, and if those two guys, the Splash Brothers, are playing like this, you've always got a chance. Now, the rest of the guys want to come along for the ride, and I like what I'm seeing out of Draymond and Looney. They're continuing to play at a high level, and I'm hoping and praying that uh, Wiggins' family situation t- uh, improves and he can come back. Then all of a sudden, you're saying to yourself, well, the Denver's in the midst of losing four or five in a row. I think they were getting beat tonight. And, you know, we've all talked about the, the Memphis situation. That's sad. And, you know, then you got Durant and, and that situation in Phoenix. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they got beat in the first round. And I can keep going here. The Clippers, they got weapons, but they, they're not consistent. And... uh so all of a sudden, we get down around five or whatever it is, and we were worried about being in the play-in about 10 days ago. And now all of a sudden, I'm painting a picture where I wouldn't want to play that team. Nope, not <laughs> me. I don't want to play that team that plays in the Chase Center. Hey, Dub Nation, it is time for Ultra Courtside Sweepstakes presented by Michelob Ultra. Every game, Michelob Ultra is giving one lucky fan two Ultra Club tickets to a Warriors game. Enter for your chance to win at warriors.com slash ultra. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little Jamichael Green. J. Mike's been playing well lately. Let's give him some shine. Injury updates on Jonathan Kaminga and Gary Payton II in this upcoming five-game road trip, which could be a season definer. You got all that to look forward to on the other side of this break right here on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! At the Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth! Curry, screened by Draymond. Curry gets free for three. Got it! On 95.7 The Game. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Welcome back to Warriors Roundtable on 95-7 The Game. Got about another 20 minutes of talking Warriors basketball with you here. If you want to call us up, 888-957-9570. Taking your calls for the final 20-ish minutes of this show. And let's talk a little Jermichael Green. And I, I just saw this article on Twitter from Madeline Kenny of the Bay Area News Group talking about how Jermichael Green's finding his fit with the Golden State Warriors after a, a rough start to the season. And it's an apropos time for this article because, Gary, Jermichael Green has been very, very good again uh, in these last couple of games. And he's had good stretches earlier in the season. But against Milwaukee, I think he had 13 first quarter first quarter points of that game, finished with 18, and was really the guy who had it going early against the Bucks. And then he followed that up with nine points, seven rebounds, had that nice big steal and slam, kind of the basketball version of the pick six, hit a three in that game. And Gary, remember when he couldn't hit a three? He's up to 38% from deep this year. So he is kind of filling exactly what Golden State was hoping the role he would fill, the kind of the Nemanja Bielitsa-esque void auto-slash-auto-porter role. Now, he's a different player than those two guys, but he's really starting to come into his own with the Golden State Warriors. Well, that's who uh, Bob Myers and Steve thought uh, he had a chance to be. 
But uh, he got derailed with uh, injuries, infection, and all that kind of thing, and missed a good amount of time. And again, this isn't the easiest system to uh, just plug it in and off you go. Uh, And he looks really comfortable now, and I think he's a good corner three-point shooter and a veteran smart player. He doesn't... uh, his game makes sense out there on the floor. For example, he he put the Phoenix to sleep the other night, and you you made point of that steal. So you don't normally deny the reversal. So let's say the ball's on the left wing, free throw line uh, extended, with a wing player, and the big up top for your team is is the change vehicle. You change sides with passing it to the top and then to the opposite side. So he was kind of reading the play, and he saw they'd been consistently trying to change sides, attack on the second side, and uh, he just played the play perfect. As soon as that guy looked up to the top, he anticipated, got the steal, went down and got the dunk, and that's just a veteran smart player, and he's proving to be a, a really uh, important piece uh, during this part uh, with Kaminga out you you need another uh, big out there and he's filled the role uh, i remember when jamichael green was in the g league with the austin spurs for a couple of different seasons and, and his last year like one of his last games before he got called up initially was against santa cruz and he went for like 28 and 15 26 and 13 but yeah two monster games against the c-dubs that year and i remember thinking man this guy came back from france a completely different dude because rookie year out of alabama was in the g league he went to france for a year came back and dominated things, and he has not seen the G League since. I mean, it is rare rare you see a guy get called up in his third professional season for his first stint and never go back to the G League. Like, after the 14-15 season, he has not touched a G League court. And that's just a testament to the production that he has had at the NBA level. And he's also not a guy who's going to get punked. Like there was that little skirmish at the end of the game uh, the with the Moses Moody, Damian Lee and Jamichael Green coming to defend his guy. And you need guys like that. I mean, Jamichael Green is much more than a quote unquote goon, but you need dudes of that vein who are just going to be like, look, you're you're not going to mess with my teammates because if you do, you're going to pay. That earns a lot of respect with your teammates, and he's a seasoned vet, a big, and you love that kind of attitude. Uh, last night we saw the same thing in the in the uh, Sacramento Milwaukee game where uh, there was a little bit of a cheap shot uh, by Lytle and uh, uh, Lopez just st- stuck up for Atacumpo, and Atacumpo said, "I got you fine. I'm going to pay that thing for you." And uh, for in Green's case, I don't know, Kev, maybe being over there, he, he had some real quality Bordeaux wine sitting at one of those outdoor tables, and he kind of found himself. And uh, he's never looked back. Uh, bo- you're sure it's a Bordeaux wine? Well, it could have been a Burgundy. Okay. All right. <laughs> just, just, just checking there. But look, <laughs> he, he, he has provided very good value for the contract he's on. He's on yes. a vet min, and look, Golden State's not going to be able to offer him more than that, but if no one's offering him more money next year, I would gladly take Jamichael Green on the veteran minimum again. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and 
when when you're going to evaluate this whole thing and, and you lost some quality bench people, you mentioned those guys before, uh, I I just can't give enough praise to DiVincenzo. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's been just terrific. And uh, to go along with Green and, and, hey, you know, Grandpa's waking up too. Iguodala. And uh, so all of a sudden, you know, you, you're feeling, you know, like, hey, you know, Steph or Clay comes out of the game and you're saying, oh, boy, they're going to put it to us. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think you've got guys that can, can do the job, and um, that, that's what you envisioned in the beginning of the year. So that's, uh, that, that's a good situation. Well, Andre Iguodala, you mentioned him. How about the reverse dunk he had last night against the Phoenix Suns? That was pretty impressive. Now, he is <laughs> doubtful, I believe, is the official uh, distinction. or it, It's looking unlikely that he's going to play tomorrow in L.A. with a wrist issue. But in some more positive injury news, there was a reevaluation of Gary Payton II yesterday that the Warriors provided, uh, and that statement saying the reevaluation indicated that GP2 is making good progress in addition to daily physical rehab work with the team's training staff. He has started various on-court activities, mentioning shooting, and would begin to intensify the on-court workouts in the coming days, uh, recovering from that uh, right adductor injury, injury, core muscle injury. He will be reevaluated again in 10 days. And so, look, I, I am not a doctor, but I read reevaluation in 10 days, and I am optimistic that we can see GP2 before the end of the regular season. Yeah, I am too, and I've, I've got a little knowledge on that because my son Greg had that injury in college. And there's a doctor in Philadelphia, uh, Dr. Myers, who's the uh, top guy in the country doing that. And they put like a, a sheath in there uh, in the area of the tear. And you have to be careful rehabbing that thing. You can't rush it back. It's kind of like a hamstring or, or, or a groin situation. So uh, he's doing his work. He's probably got itchy britches to get out there. And guys on the team, you know, we all know the, how they feel about him. They love him. So uh, hopefully for his sake, he can get back. And if and when he does, you know the way he plays, uh, just to have another perimeter defender like that uh, is real positive for your team. Yeah, and just to clean up the Iguodala he, uh, situation, he is out tomorrow against the Clippers. Left wrist soreness, Anthony Slater reporting. Uh, he was icing it post-game last night. In a better injury news, in addition to the GP2 news, Jonathan Kaminga is probable. And remember, he sprained his ankle in warm-ups before the Memphis Grizzlies game last Thursday. He was questionable last night, but it looks like he is very close to returning. And this is a guy, you mentioned it earlier in the show, Gary, before that injury, Jonathan Kaminga was playing some really good basketball. He sure was, and the game's slowing down for him. And, uh, you know, I, I I just look at this young guy, and, and you know, he's, he's learning every week. And what a beautiful thing to have these veteran teammates directing you, whether it's Andre or Draymond and, and you know, pointing things out to you. And, and, and I always say this, if young players will listen, they can learn an awful lot from the vets. And uh, he's, he's making good progress. He's young, he'll heal faster, and hopefully he's going to be uh, close to 100% and be a real positive contributor.
And if the Warriors can get those two guys back along with Andrew Wiggins, we've talked a, a lot about the defensive issues Gold State has had this year, most noticeably on the road, and we'll get into the road trip in just a little bit, but having Kaminga and GP2 back, since it looks like their timelines for returns are, are a little more concrete than the Wiggins situation, you know, we wish the best for Wiggins and his family, but we don't know when he might be returning. But getting GP2 and Kaminga back would certainly help this team defensively. Oh, w- without a doubt. I mean, you, that's athleticism that can get out and uh, pressure the ball. And uh, that's what you're looking for. The people can put pressure on the ball and contain and not get beaten off the bounce to cause rotations. And then you're getting susceptible to getting beat on the boards, be sound on the ball, and, and then you're able to play a strong help defense. And those are the kind of guys that can carry out that game plan. Well, Warriors fans, let's take a look at the upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. It's the start of a five-game road trip tomorrow night in L.A., 6.30 on the air, 7 p.m. tip time on 95.7 The Game. It'll be Tim Roy and Jim Barnett with you for all five games of this road trip. The road trip continues in Atlanta, going down to the ATL to take on the Hawks Friday, March 17th on St. Patrick's Day, 4 p.m. airtime, 4.30 tip time. Second straight year they face the Hawks on a Friday. Then back end of a back-to-back, Saturday, March 18th in Memphis again for the second time in 10 days. Uh, 4.30 airtime, 5 p.m. tip time for that one on 95.7. Then they go to Texas to take on the Houston Rockets Monday, March 20th, 4.30 airtime, 5 p.m. tip time. And the road trip concludes in Dallas Wednesday, March 22nd, 4 p.m. airtime, 4.30 tip time for that one. And we all know the road issues that the Warriors have had, 7-26. and 26. They have the second worst road record, tied for second worst with the James Wiseman's Detroit Pistons, who just lost earlier today. Wiseman had a double double with 12 points and 10 rebounds. Great to see him continue to put up solid numbers with the Pistons. But Stephen Curry was asked about this last night on NBC Sports Bay Area. Fitz and Buki talking with him. And let's hear what Steph had to say about the road struggles and how the Warriors could potentially turn it around on the road. So tell me about the road now. You got this long road trip coming I up. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. How are you feeling about I, it, man? I can't wait to go to L.A., get a uh, get hopefully a good start to the road trip, but I don't know what, what needs to change except for us to just lock in before we ain't get a win. It's uh, We obviously you know want to you know turn the corner so we stop getting those questions asked because I know we're better than we've, we've shown on the road for those whatever 32 games it's been. So got to get it done. Well, Gary, I mean, it, it feels like they, they have all these good home stands. You get a quote from a player, Steph or Clay, and it's, all right, this time we're going to turn the corner. This time we're going to turn the corner. And inevitably, the road losses pile up. Can the Warriors turn it around on the road this time? Because they absolutely need to get at least a couple of wins on this road trip. I think they can do that. I I think they can get three wins. And the first game probably is the toughest. Uh, They're climbing in the right direction, and obviously they got two great players in in, in George and Leonard. Uh, And they're two-way players. They really defend at a high level, 
And uh, then you go to Atlanta, and they might be the most underachieving team in the entire league. And the other night, they got drilled at home by the T-Wolves. Just unacceptable. Quinn Snyder's there, and they're going to figure some things out there. Uh, You mentioned Memphis. Memphis, now you say, gosh, you know, they're really undermanned right now. They got one of the best home records in the entire league. And uh, last night, uh, playing uh, Dallas, Dallas is up one, and they don't have Irving. They don't have Doncic. Third quarter, they just came out and physically took over the game, just dominated the glass. And they still got a toughness about them that you've got to respect. And I'm a big, big Bain fan. And Jones is probably the best backup point guard in the entire NBA. So you can't can't take them lightly. Jackson, shot blocker. And uh, then you, you mentioned Houston, and, you know, heck, they, they beat the Celtics last night. Yeah. So they've got these young guys down there that can jump to the sky and watch out because if they start making shots, young guys believe in themselves and good things happen. And, uh, you know, the Dallas, you know, I watch them a lot because of my son Greg. And I'll say this for anybody. Uh, if you're banged up and your star players aren't playing, like if Durant doesn't come back or, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with these two guys with Irving and Doncic. Uh, it, it's hard to, it's hard to be successful. It really, really is. So uh, that's a very winnable game uh, for the Warriors. So, uh, you know, being an optimist, I, I think they can do the job. I think they can go out there and get uh, at least three wins and solidify themselves. Kevin, uh, you and I have talked about this. They they could be as high as five. Uh, but, you know, realistically, I think six is really good. Um, and I've said this before. If Memphis stays ahead of uh, the Kings, six plays three, holy cow. <laughs> we have This is a first yeah. with the Kings and the Warriors. It would be an incredible first-round oh. series. I, I would absolutely love to see it. Northern California would be on fire for that series. It would be a doozy. But, all right, 3-2 and two would get them to 39-35 and 35 and would put them in very good position to have a top six uh, spot come playoffs, avoid the play-in. I mean, you, if you go 1-4, and 0-5 oh on this trip, you're going to be stuck fighting for the best play-in position, that is I, true. I think. So yeah. you, you really got to get a couple. And if you – if you if you get two, the two to get are the first one and the last one, the Clippers and the Mavericks, because tiebreakers are on the line for both of those. And those are two huge tiebreakers that the Warriors would love to have. See, I'm, I'm not surprised by this statement because you're always doing your homework. You're, you're always ready. Uh, so that that's a great point. And tiebreakers are big because this this thing's going to go down to the, to the last night. Uh, there'll be some... Guys with big disappointment and tears in their eyes, and other guys will say, we're in, we're in, you know? And so it, it's, uh, I, I didn't know if I'd like this play-in stuff in the beginning, but it keeps everybody engaged. It, it's really good. We, what do we got, 12, 12 teams in, in the West that are right in it? Yeah, I mean, 13 if you want to include the Portland Trailblazers. They're two games out, but they they really aren't trending well right yeah. now. They, they've yeah. lost three straight. So are, are you willing to say that Portland's out of the conversation at this point? Yeah, I, I, I kind of am, and I'm a huge Dane fan. But, uh, yeah, I, I 
they've got a tough climb. Yeah, that, that they do. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Clippers game tomorrow before we send this one off. Gary, what are your keys to a Warriors victory? What do the Warriors need to do to get a big road win at Crypto.com? Well, watch out what Steve does. And, you know, we didn't even talk about he went back to the box and won on Booker. Yep. Uh, I thought at times he was playing a little triangle and two on Paul and Booker. And uh, we, another time we can explain what the box and one and the triangle and two are. But I love, I call it junking up the game, uh, going to a zone or whatever. Leonard is so smooth. It's going to take your, your very best consistent efforts to uh, just keep him around 30. He's just a fabulous player. George, to me, is very inconsistent. And that's the guy for me. Uh, when I look, and of course, you know, they've got Westbrook down there. So they'll play him like they did with the Lakers. Draymond will be back underneath the basket if, in fact, he's guarding them. And uh, so it's a unique team. I, I don't think Powell will play. Uh, am I correct in that, Kev? He, he's yep. been out. Yeah, he, he's been out recently. I have not seen an injury report yeah. for this game, but uh, obviously if he if he were to be available somehow, that, that's another guy you'd yeah. really have to worry about. You know, he's their third best scorer. They've gotten Zubak back, and he, he's big. Uh, Plumlee and him have done really good work for them at the five, and, you know, you got Gordon there now coming from Houston, so another vet that can make shots, so... That's a good team. I, I, I say that with the thought process that I, I can see them being four or five and a tough out in the Western Conference. Well, we talk about all the positioning for Golden State playoff positioning, and obviously you want to avoid the play-in. But I, let me just say this, and uh, I'm obviously joking here, uh, say this half in jest, but the Warriors are not eliminated from one-seed contention. The Denver Nuggets have lost four in a row, and, I mean, it would take a miracle. <laughs> but, hey, you know, the Denver is not wrapped up the West just quite yet. They are 46-23, and 23, just lost the Toronto Raptors tonight well a big road trip coming up and uh see if the Warriors can get two or three wins on it if they go three and two on this road trip things will be looking really rosy for Golden State a big thank you to Mark Grandy back in the studio holding things down for us for Gary St. Jean I'm Kevin Dan a big thank you to R.C. Davis and Marika Kleto as well with Golden State. We'll talk to you next time on Warriors Roundtable here on 95.7 The Game. Have a great evening, everyone. You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry brings it through. One hand three. Up and good. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. That and nailed it. 95.7 The Game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.